Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. everyone and welcome to here for the right reasons us weekly's bachelor podcast i am your host sarah heron and i have a bachelor nation member with me you remember her from season 22 of the bachelor re season she's also on paradise jacqueline tremble how are you hi thanks so much for having me here um i'm good i actually just announced on instagram that i'm getting married in july so oh my god congratulations thank you when did you get engaged? I'm not engaged, actually, because my boyfriend is planning an epic proposal, apparently, and needs adequate time. So I just went ahead and booked the venue anyway. And oh, my God. <laughs> doing things out of order. Move. <laughs> because I heard, I don't know if this is true, quick side note, I heard that 2022, there's more weddings than there's been since the last time there was this many weddings was like 1984. I mean, yeah, 1984. Yeah, I know. I don't love that part, um, but... Well, this is getting, <laughs> I've, been t- I've been doing like fertility treatments and getting interested in, um, in having kids. And so I, I'm like, I guess I'm just going to go for 2022 and compete with all the other brides, but I'm ready to wow. have babies and move on. So congratulations. How long have you been with your boyfriend? Your almost fiance. <laughs> Two years. Two years. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we'll probably get into that a little bit more later as we talk about everything sure. you've been up to since the show, but that's awesome. Um, let's talk about Michelle. Have you been enjoying the season and have you been consistently watching the show since you were on it on Ari season? Um, okay. So this season I have to say, I don't love yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I, so I watched last night's episode and I watched the first episode, but I think I had watched the first episode like a week later and I didn't realize there was an episode sandwich in between. So I haven't seen that one. I think um, you caught up. A lot of the stuff that happened in this episode also happened last week. It was just okay. like the conclusion, but I'm sure you, you followed. <laughs> yeah. I, I get a sense of what, <laughs> what happened. Um, I have a touch and go relationship with the show. Um, I had a podcast with TV guide for a while. And so I was watching all the shows then, and it was kind of painful. And then I realized that I was okay watching the bachelorette. And so I watched the bachelorette sometimes and, um, I watched paradise this past season, but I don't watch the bachelor anymore. Interesting. And were you a fan before? Oh yeah. I was a huge fan before for like five years, I think. So it's just like a little triggering to see some of the either like same things or just like yeah. history repeating itself kind of thing. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, wow. I can't wait to get into it with Michelle. <laughs> um, we off this episode with a group date that was basically straight out of Peter the Pilot season, or at least you felt like me. Uh-huh. Half Peter, half an ad for the new Top Gun movie. <laughs> yes. 
which, you know, whatever. Um, the guys did like uh, that, like motion sickness thing. I don't even know what that would be called. I don't remember. Um, no, they did push-ups. They did physical activity. They fought each other. Um, group dates overall, like painful or fun combo. I was so scared for them when I was on my season and then they actually wound up all being really fun. Okay. Um, my first one was like, Oh my God, I had to wrestle in a luchador. Co- well, it was a, I guess it was like, it was sort of akin to luchador rush, wrestling. Okay. Um, and then it was like choreographed in costume, but I actually had a ton of fun. I think one of the best things about the bachelor is that it pushes you way outside of your comfort zone. And then you learn that you're so much more capable than you thought you were. And so I always, I, I liked that aspect. As the, there were elements of like, oh, Ari doesn't even know I exist on this date. And am I supposed to be pushing to the front of all these women? So I I can understand why people hate them too. Um, That makes sense. Good to hear though, that they are somewhat fun. This one, the guys seem to be bonding, which is always, you know, you kind of like to see for Mm -hmm. some degree, because if, you know, that says a lot about who they are with the exception of this Will Peter situation mm-hmm. um did anything stand out to you with those two will was the one who like got sick but then also used the line in spanish to kind of kind of yeah. get it way in which was kind of fun anything on this group date stick out to you yeah i just thought peter was terrible i mean yeah i usually can see it from the villain's perspective to some extent and this guy just it, I don't know. He's just all about himself and the immaturity was pretty astonishing. So I was solidly on Will's side. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think that the fight about the jacket, which obviously the guy Will wins the jacket for mm-hmm. his performance on this date, which also side note, they always are making everybody wrestle and stuff. And this one was a uh-huh. little tame compared to some of the other ones recently, but either way, it's such a weird trope, Like I don't I get know. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really, it doesn't prove anything about anyone. It's just awkward and like someone could get hurt and it's weird. Uh, too um, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also really like Rick. Side note. He was, he's um, the one who showed up with the dish on his head. Yes, and yes, like, yes. Yeah, does he have eyeliner on or just like really dark eyelashes or something? I think that's just bottom lashes that we okay. can all be jealous of. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. He's cute. And he, I feel like is just like a good group date sport and I hope mm-hmm. he gets his due. Cause I feel like he sticks out to me. Yeah. And Martin was the guy with the frosted tips who like checked in on her that she appreciated. So that was kind of cute. I liked, I liked that moment. Really, really hate the frosted tips and the, and the amount of earrings this season. So I, many earrings. So many earrings. I really don't get that. Uh, but I, I did like that he demonstrated that he can have an other oriented perspective, which seems different from some of the men. Yeah, I season. agree. So those were the highlights of it. Also, Clayton, who was like the new Bachelor, it was just funny mm-hmm. that he said, like, so far I haven't been able to stand out, which is, yeah. I think what we're all thinking <laughs> regarding Clayton and like waiting for like, why did ABC do this? And what are yeah. we like all missing? Besides, uh-huh. he's just like a, you know, objectively like attractive dude, but like nothing like stands the, out, as he said. The interesting thing about Clayton too, is that they're still editing. Like they, they edit the episodes up until the point that they release them. Okay. So he's very clearly going to get a favorable edit. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to see that play out. Like they're not looking for an audience reaction and that's who they choose from. They're going to make him the bachelor. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they did that a little bit. This is just what I heard. I don't know if this is true. And I've actually never met her and I'm supposed to be talking to her about her book soon, but Hannah Brown, they like, oh, okay. they knew maybe kind of earlier and there was some stuff. Like I know, I think Colton wrote about this in his book. He like, she like showed up on his hometown date with, Hannah G who's also from Alabama and like kind of like went yeah. off and they just cut it out because they like wanted Interesting. her. Interesting. You know? Have the, yeah. Like, well, they did that with Rachel Lindsay too, I believe. 
Right. And, and yeah. uh, Vanessa too. Vanessa. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was like a lot of drama with them and they just didn't air it because they yeah. needed Vanessa to be the winner. Both and of them. Rachel, that's what, yeah, that's, <laughs> there is like, a, and Rachel has a book coming out too. These bachelor books, they're, they're coming out like nonstop and I have to read them all. So I would just appreciate a little more tea, you guys. I need people to like, to give me these answers. So if there's not Vanessa drama in Rachel's book, I don't need it. Although yeah. she's got a lot of other stuff to talk about. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to this group date, back to, uh, Peter and Will, their fight over the jacket. Um, it, it was kind of funny, but just like super immature and really dumb. Um, but like- Really producer driven too. They've done this before in the season, yeah. throwing something in the pool, so. Yeah, it, it was a little funny. Like the payoff of Will, well, the tears were a lot and they felt like little tears, which like he seems like a genuinely nice guy, but I usually, you expect maybe a crocodile tear on a reality show. Those yeah. like real tears over this jacket, which I hope maybe it was more so he was just overwhelmed that he was like, involved in drama but the tears threw me for a loop i know same there must have been something more going on there yeah yeah i wonder how he felt watching that back they made me look like i was crying over a jacket i know but i did kind of love the payoff of rachel with um whoever it was that she was dancing with and to um take my breath away on the strings and then he's like fishing the jacket out I was like that was kind of a comedic moment that didn't feel like too too mean you know what I mean because uh-huh. this show they have to find the balance of you know let's not ruin someone's life and make them look insane for Twitter to laugh at but like yeah. find something mm-hmm. comical and I, that felt that this fight just feels so low stakes to me that yeah. minus the crying it feels okay to laugh at you know what I mean yeah mm-hmm. Nate and Joe were also on this date and they seem to be the two standouts, would you agree, for her, for yes. Michelle? Thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. And then um, the other guy who, I didn't see this episode, but I hear he couldn't spell protein. He seems to be oh. a big standout. But he was on the other date. Yes, Brandon. Okay. Because he got yeah. the group date rose. I can't remember okay. who couldn't spell protein. He Brandon on the other <laughs> group was, date got. He t- yes, he got, got the rose. Yeah, and he got the group date rose last week too which okay. was like a double group date rose. I feel like oh in two boy. weeks is like kind of shocking. Threatening. Yeah. Threatening. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like Nate or Joe? Because I personally don't trust them, even though I don't really have reasons to, and I'll get into that, but I want to know what you think first. Um, I think Nate is very attractive again with the earrings though. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the ghosting story didn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, yeah. And Nate, I, is he the one who said, do you trust me? Or did he say, I always told you I'd be a hundred percent honest with you. Was this during the part when they were like running or whatever, or which part? Yeah. Was that with Nate? And that was with Nate, the running around and like they, yeah. Yes. Funny. Yeah. So I, I guess I actually liked how he used it. Cause then he ratted out well, you know, she, oh my gosh, sorry. It's okay. She ratted out Jamie, but it was because he said this whole thing wasn't even an issue in the house. Was that him that did that? Yeah. Rick and oh, Nate like took the Rick. lead as, okay. as Rick, I think Rick was the one who told Michelle, but then Jamie was the one, Nate was the one who was like kind of questioning him later. Like, why, why are you saying that? Like laughing at his face when he was like talking about episodes. So Nate was definitely involved in like okay. putting a, putting that to rest kind of. Okay. Got it. So both, I think both of them said something to the effect of like, do you trust me? I'd always said I'd be a hundred percent honest with you. And those kinds of comments, especially this early on do kind of turn me off a little mm-hmm. bit because it's very easy to say those sorts of things and then gain trust, but it's, it's empty words. Um, I also don't believe that anybody on earth is ever a hundred percent honest with another, with another person. And so when I hear that, I'm like, okay, this is a bit of a line. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little bit wary of that kind of thing. 
Yeah, I am too. And with, I mean, with the ghosting thing in Joe, I feel like they've kind of let that go, but I personally don't know if I, <laughs> I was Michelle like people to let it go just because the element of like, I'm the bachelorette now and you could have found me in Minnesota, even if yeah. that wasn't a good time for you at any point. I don't love that. And I think I would always be questioning it. And, but they do seem to have a good connection and he's super cute. So I guess she's just kind of choosing to ignore that. But I think in the back of my mind, I'd be thinking that the whole time. I would too. Yeah. Right. Like I wasn't good enough for you before I was bachelorette. So yeah. yeah. And whatever the reason was that he felt like ghosting her, he was going through an emotional time. There was some mention of George Floyd and I just feel like they still lived in Minnesota and I know she went on match game season, but there was time, like there was a way he could have contacted her without having to be in touch with ABC producers in my opinion. Yes, agreed. <laughs> and then Nate, I, he seems great. Also, great connection. Both of these guys, she like definitely has major sparks with. They're, she's making out with them on all the dates, which is great. Uh-huh. They're, they're cute couples. But I agree with what you said about the trust thing. But he also kind of says what he's like supposed to say a little mm-hmm. bit. Like he, last week during a group date, one of the guys was like being crazy or like there was drama and he was trying to say that he didn't care and he was ignoring it. And he also, she was off with Joe and he was like, that doesn't bother me. Like, this is yeah, not yeah. our relationship. And it's like, that's what you're saying it so much that I don't believe that you actually think it. Yeah. And then this week he did the same thing with the jacket drama. He said, I was laughing, but I also, you know, thought about Michelle being disappointed. So I feel like he's just like in it too much and he's being too strategic, but everybody uh-huh. on Twitter loves him. So I think maybe I'm just like a great <laughs> No, I can see that. It's interesting seeing the people who've clearly watched the show before and the people who haven't. And yes. he feels like he falls in the camp of the people who have. Um, totally. he, he, yeah, he knows the things to say um, to make him seem like he's not all hot and bothered by like the drama and um, he's decreasing her stress, pretend, like acting extremely confident. It could be genuine. I don't know. But whenever there are lines that I've specifically heard on the show before multiple times, it's, it's a flag. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Rodney got the one-on-one date. He seems just like a nice dude, honestly. Like I think he's though. I didn't like the one guy kind of setting him up as like not a threat. Like I don't feel like kidding, but that was felt a little mean to me Uh when you are saying he's like friend zoned and it did feel kind of friendly during their date. Um, (laughs) so then I was like, damn, I don't want to agree with that guy because I thought that was a shady comment, but Rodney overall just like seems like a nice guy. Yeah. I like his humility. Um, I didn't see a ton of chemistry. Honestly, though, I, I don't see a ton of chemistry between Michelle and these guys yet. I think she's holding herself back a little reserved um, or maybe just doesn't, isn't totally bought in with like some of these guys. Yeah. Um, certainly chemistry with some people more than others. But yeah, it feels like Nate and Joe are the ones that she just keeps going back to, to be quite honest. And I think Brandon. Yeah. And Brandon, yes. We'll get to him. Rodney also, they did have like nice candid conversations about their fears, their parents being dating and interracial relationships. Um, and I felt like she felt comfortable opening up to him. Mm-hmm. And I like that the show now, I feel like more than ever has included conversations like that, that they used to just either cut out or didn't happen. It felt yeah. like, like that was nice to see other than his like bowling style shirt. I didn't like, um, <laughs> I really enjoyed that date. It just felt like pure nice people. And I didn't feel icky, even though he like ran around naked five minutes before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I also didn't feel like he, it was nice. Yeah. It was nice. I don't think he's going to be a winner, but I think he'll be like a solid middle of the pack and then yeah. maybe excel in paradise. Mm-hmm. Totally. My Rodney <laughs> prediction. Um, group date two was the spoken word poet. Um, I always think it's, I mean, Chris G did seem genuinely excited to see this man. Cause sometimes uh-huh. they, 
I don't know if they tell you guys before you go in who it's going to be to get you hyped up or pretend, but I bought Chris G's enthusiasm for this spoken A hundred percent. Yeah. Do they tell you beforehand who it is? I feel like they might. The only, I mean, the only famous people I remember meeting on my season were the cast of that wrestling show about women. So it was oh, on the wrestling glow. date. Glow. Yeah. And I remember being confused about who they were while they were like training me. I was like, were these the original women wrestlers or are these right. the actresses? And so I was still confused. So maybe they sort of told us, but it wasn't like a big announcement. I don't right. remember. To this day, you don't know if you met, what's her name? The girl who's married <laughs> to Dave Franco, Alison Brie, or real wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, I'm really not sure. I forget. <laughs> I know we figured it out, but. I mean, it's yeah. probably on the internet somewhere, but that is really funny. So the second date, it was, it's kind of like a classic. This episode felt very classic to me in the sense of like, we did get all the elements, which was good. We got all three dates. We got group dates with special guests. We've got group dates where you had like assignments. We had the physical group date. We had a one-on-one. And this one was much more of the like, okay, go off and write your slam poetry. But they didn't really show us much of it, which made me think the guys didn't do a very good job. I remember thinking after they were selling their poems, like, if I were Michelle, I would find it hard to be attracted to any of them after that. <laughs> Honestly, great point. <laughs> I mean, I, there are others. There's, poetry is bad poetry. Oh, well, right. Like I could totally get over people being unathletic or maybe being like bad comics or writing bad songs or something like that. But bad poetry, especially said in a super serious voice, I just like, oh, that would crush my... Yeah, such a yeah, turn off. I think so too. Um, the major sin I was during the day part of it, I think was obviously the Jamie drama continued. They were mad at him for telling some like random story about an angel. I didn't totally follow that, but clearly the guys were pissed. That was, he went off, he went off track again or went off script. Um, uh-huh. And Michelle had a great poem and that was what they've been using as the voiceover. So it kind of interesting that we saw it so early in the season because that's been like all the teaser trailers for the, for the season. Yeah, yeah. Is it like, when you're doing group dates like that, is it fun again to like write stuff or like kind of emulate yourself? Like, are you guys all in it together or does it feel competitive? Like this, this slam poetry is going to beat your slam poetry or this song, whatever, or do you like collaborate? Cause I can't imagine not walking up to the other girl or guy and being like, what the hell are you about to do? We need to compare notes. I was so relieved I didn't have to write anything. Okay. My, I think partly because I like writing and I pride myself on it. And so actually doing it in front of you, t- I knew that that would get me I'd feel like I had to do an awesome job and then I wouldn't. And then it, so the only competitive, I mean, we had the, we had the wrestling one, but that was, we were in pairs and I was paired up with Crystal, which is pretty funny because I'm a total weakling wimp and she's like a personal trainer, super strong. Yeah. And she was so supportive and sweet. That was kind of before she like became the villain. Right. So I, I mean, I've had like a really positive experience with her. The other ones were just wrestling and bowling and that was sort of more team, but yeah, I felt, I didn't, I didn't really feel much of a competitive element throughout. I forgot about the bowling on Ari season. Yeah. That was like the biggest. (laughs) Armageddon. That was like the big, and that was also Crystal, like it had like a melt on the bus or something. (laughs) Yeah. That was a good season. There was a lot of. Like, well, thank you. It was unpopular at the time, but I feel like since then there have been much more unpopular bachelors. So. Oh yeah, no, totally. Ari, it's kind of like the more they keep going, like the worse they're almost getting. Or maybe uh-huh. we just we just we remember. People just like to get mad, also. So people get mad in the moment. But that had such a fire ending too. Like I think we, <laughs> yeah. I think we didn't give Ari enough credit. And he's actually he actually married his woman. You know, and they have like really th- cute kids. three kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
good for I mean he did have like a misstep at the end but and Becca's <laughs> doing okay so we can we can now call it like for entertainment at the time it felt a little you know but the, that unedited draw oh god that was so good unedited breakup it was good for at least for viewers which I know <laughs> made me messy for contestants which we'll get into a little bit when we talk about some of the mental health stuff but um Brandon was the one who got the second group date rose like we mentioned which triggered Jamie because he's mm-hmm. 5'2 um and he <laughs> thought that he should not be competing with Brandon and we had this fourth wall producer moment did that yes. surprise you that they included this producer combo yeah well they're getting a little bit I think basically since Ari season they've been getting looser with the rules of the show which is kind of cool I mean there was a they did that in my season with Lauren talking to her producer about how hard it was to watch him go on one-on-one dates okay um it's it's cool as a viewer because it's totally unscripted and you see how people are when they bring their walls down. The interesting thing is like, if you filmed any one of us walking through our day-to-day lives and listen to our conversations with our friends, we would probably sound like the biggest cattiest, like dicks ever. Fair, fair. Um, but it's because we develop these relationships with people and they know ultimately we're good people. And so we're allowed to like let down our guard and say mean jokes and whatever. But when you show that on TV, it just makes them look like an absolute sociopath. Yeah. Um, and it was not a good look for him. I mean, yeah, that was, that was brutal. It, really it would make it. me very nervous going in as a contestant to know like it's not safe here either, even when I'm just having a casual conversation with a producer. I know. And they definitely do it a little more than they used to. And I think Paradise, they've definitely loosened up the producer stuff. I mean, back in the day when they had like Claire fake talking to a raccoon, mm-hmm. you know, it was a producer. So mm-hmm. if we were doing it that way, it would be Jamie like talking to the wall or something. But now yeah. we see it was a producer, but they still, of course, don't air the producer's replies. Right. Who knows if, how much like prodding was there and laughing along. Like I yeah. need the unedited version of that conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Overall, though, I think with Jamie, this was worse, in my opinion, than anything with this like Joe drama that he kind of stirred the pot with last week. Mm-hmm. Because he like heard that she was out with someone who looked like Joe from a friend. And it, it felt very fake to me and produced like, okay, Jamie, you're going to take the bait. You're going to tell Michelle this. You already have a rose. Just like, go be the bad guy. He fell for it. This felt like his genuine feelings kind of knocking Michelle saying she was in spring break mode implying that she like, yeah, I, didn't I don't know, know what that, that means. <laughs> Definitely nothing nice though. Like she's being yeah. loose or something. I don't know, which is pretty, I mean, she hasn't done Stop. Yeah. She's about to rest. She's supposed to be dating you guys. She's not doing anything scandal. Like there's no scandal really happening here. And even if there right. was not a good look to shame this teacher and like, okay, she's in spring. I don't know. I didn't like that. No. And obviously what he said about Brandon too, like, you know, he's joking. He says, he thinks he's so much better than these guys and whatever. I just think that that says more about him and mm-hmm. like who he is, which I know we all, you know, like you mentioned, we, we talk shit with our friends for sure, but he's known these people for like two weeks and he definitely just thinks very highly of himself, which in my opinion would be a red flag moment, which he does find. So I found him really dislikable, <laughs> yeah. really dislikable. And again, it was like the Joe stuff felt kind of fake. Unlikable. Or, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I wonder if they're going to do, how many, are there like, I don't know if you can tell me this, but are there like, I know you guys are like assigned producers, but how many are there like assigned to each person? Uh, so we're like sort of a sign producer. I mean, so when we first are uh, agree to go on the show, they give, it's like one, my guy was Bill Dixon. So uh, he would have like a few girls that he would kind of prep for the show. And then once you get there, you meet a bunch more producers. And then in the beginning, you're interviewed by like four or five. 
And then that kind of peters out as you create a strong relationship with one or two. And then, so I was like being mostly interviewed by Bill and then this guy, Sean. And then Sean left because some of the producers will like leave at certain parts of the show to go work on other shows or go see their families or whatever. So it's not like a formal assignment. Um, There's probably like 10, maybe, maybe that's too many. God, I'm so bad at these number games, but yeah. (laughs) And do you feel like, which is obviously their job to kind of make you feel comfortable so that, you know, Jamie for what it like felt comfortable enough to go up to this, this producer and just kind of spew this stuff. Probably one thing it wasn't going to air, but two that like it, it is, you know, you find a way to kind of, they become your, they're your only quote unquote ally, even though they're not your ally. Like, does it feel like that when you're in it or are you just like. Yeah. I mean, it's really confusing because so that, that show unreal came out the same year that I went on the bachelor. And so I had friends warning me and I'd seen the first season and it was like very freaked out about the producer relationships. You do form genuine friendships with them, but there's always an underlying current of like, are they manipulating me? Do I trust them? And that can last after the show also, because then there's other shows they might want you for. There are things they can't tell you. And so it's a really interesting, you like, you love the producers. They really, they feel like they get you. They're fun. They're smart. Um, sometimes I mean, they're the only, but they're the opposite gender. And it's like, when you're in a sea of women to have like some guys around is great. So you really kind of trust them and like them in spite of your concerns, but there is that undercurrent of, of worry. So it's a, it's an interesting relationship. (laughs) It's a fascinating relationship, (laughs) quite frankly. And it, it always like blows my mind because you see people like hanging out after the show and mm-hmm. part of me does get, I mean, there, there are people you went through an experience, there's fun sides of it, but I just feel like there's no way I would be able to like, trust this person. I mean, if they, you get the best edit, like they just, they know too much. Like it's a weird, it's a very interesting dynamic. The night portion of this date, Michelle is gorgeous. Just side note, I feel like they're dressed. Yes. Was that the gold oh, dress? Yes. That was yes. amazing. Amazing. Justice for Katie, who had some tough fashions to deal with last season, but they really upped their game <laughs> with Michelle. Um, it's pretty too, but just like these outfits in Michelle uh-huh. resort are iconic. I'm loving it. Um, Nate steals her first. They're like going on runs, clearly have a connection. And I did like, even though I, you know, 10 minutes ago said I didn't trust Nate, which I still don't. I <laughs> did like, um, the, when he, the way he handled the drama with Jamie and kind of being like when he was talking about episodes and mm-hmm. it was very confusing. And obviously because he, he, you know, they were calling him out for talking about these sketchy conversations that he heard, but he wasn't a part of it. Clearly he was like trapped, whether this was producer influence or he just got himself in a hole and didn't want to admit anything. I yeah. like Nate, I felt that it was genuine. And Nate was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I liked that part. And Rick and Casey, I think were the other two guys that were there and it did, you know, they were coming for him a little bit but also like he was making no sense. So I didn't hate the way mm-hmm. that played out. No, I liked it too. The one thing I'll point out is like, it's interesting that we're supposed to pretend as if we're not making a show. Like when he's talking about episodes, there's this almost like, <laughs> there's this uh, pressure to be like, no, 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 don't talk about it. That would mean that you're thinking about this in like a conniving kind of way. Like you're right. thinking about the end product and we're supposed to pretend as though we're not thinking about the end product. I did, I did like Nate in that moment um, because his reaction did seem genuine and he was kind of pointing out the ridiculousness of it. But this, I've seen this happen repeatedly telling Katie, she's not supposed to be thinking like the bachelorette or using words like finalists. Um, so there's this pressure to 
be diving in as completely as you can with horse blinders on about the actual mechanics of the show. And that's just interesting because that's sort of a denial of reality. Yeah, it's not realistic. I mean, you bring up Katie, that's so interesting too, because people were really hard on her saying, mm-hmm. you know, but like she is the bachelorette and she yeah. does have to think like the bachelorette and she does have to think, you know, what it's going to look like if this person leaves or what, like, and how she's going to come off on the show. And it, it, it's probably such a mind game, mm-hmm. but it's weird that they even aired that part too. Cause like they're breaking the wall again. And I wonder what the bachelor's end game with this is to start leaning into this. A lot of reality TV is leaning into this more. I don't know if you watch any Bravo, but the housewives are certainly acknowledging the fact that they're on a reality show for the first time in, a, in like more so than ever. And okay. I just don't know if that's just like the social media aspect. Like, I wonder why now and what they just decide to include. Cause I feel like the bachelor is a more produced reality show than a lot of others, but now I, I they're trying it's... to like get in on it. If you're a fan of romantic movies and love films with beautiful cinematography, then you have to see redeeming love in theaters on January 21st, 2022. The film is based on Francine Rivers' international best-selling novel and recounts the life of a girl named Angel, the most sought-after girl in the dismal gold-mining town of Paradise in 19th century California. Angel meets Michael just as she's about to give up hope of ever finding freedom, and they share a love unlike any she's ever known. But shame of her past causes Angel to run away from the very thing she's always wanted. As Michael sets out to find her, Angel discovers that there's nothing that love can't cure. Redeeming Love, featuring Abigail Cohen, Nina Dobrev, Eric Dane, and Fumku Jansen, is rated PG-13 and premieres January 21st in theaters nationwide. Yeah, I think it is social media. The lines are being blurred between, especially with reality, Steve, sometimes tinkering with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's it's becoming clear that the contestants are very wrapped up in the social media aspect. We have to be to protect ourselves in some ways. Yeah. And um, that that's how people, that's how the fans engage is is on social media as well. So, and they know the mechanics more. It's, it, you can't suspend disbelief as much. Yeah, that has to be why they're doing it. But ultimately, Jamie got sent home, which was good. I, I got to give props to Michelle. She sent Peter home. She's mm-hmm. not playing too many games here. I mean, you know, there's always a question of like how many people you have to keep around just to keep story going. But it seems like we have a new villain emerging next week with one of the Chris's. So okay. no worries there. But um, I thought it was interesting. She sent a lot of people home too. I think they, they feel like the numbers are going down very quickly for a week three. Yeah, I was really interested also in the fact that she sent them home, which to me, I mean, (laughs) I'm very interested in how the producers craft their lead because a lot of the leads get a lot of heat and a lot of uh, adulation, I guess, for decisions that aren't necessarily theirs. Mm. So Michelle, the producers must have allowed her to send Jamie and Peter home and they and I was wondering why they let her send them home, but they certainly would not have let other leads send villains home that early. I don't know if it's because this group of guys has a lot of potential villains and a lot of drama. I don't know if it's they're interested in making her look strong and decisive. I don't know what it is, but I was glad she sent them home. But I'm also like, okay, well, I wonder why you were allowed to do that. That's such a good point. And I think every season it's, different sometimes they do you know you you always know why they're keeping someone Mm -hmm. around like that like you know she's never gonna end up with peter 
but on mm-hmm. a different season, he would have been on a two-on-one and they had it pre-planned. So it's like having the foresight or you're right, crafting maybe a lead. Like they want Michelle to look decisive and she is, it seems. And they are like yeah. cool with that versus keeping them around as like a prop. Right. Oh, it's so interesting. There's so much. <laughs> that's why I like The Bachelor. Like this season hasn't really stood out to me that much either. I think Michelle's great. I think she's almost like not, I know too good for the show is like rude to say, but like, <laughs> and because no one is, and I get it, but like, uh-huh. who doesn't want to be on TV? Like, I'm not sh- shaming anyone, but it just feels like she's got it all together. And mm-hmm. it's kind of different from some of the leads we've had more recently, but the guys are a little lackluster to me. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's interesting that this season, but then when we talk, start talking about it, I just like word vomit about the show again. So they keep, it, there's something about it that keeps me in, even though when I'm watching the episode, I'm just like, eh, okay, this guy, this guy just trying to like keep whose earrings are whose, but yes. it's, I don't know. It's still like, now I'm invested again. And I'm like, okay, now I need to pay attention to Michelle's edit, like super closely in the music and the this and the that, and the Clayton uh-huh. of it all. Like, when is that going to start to really come out? Like it's a game. It really is. Yes, I can never watch the show the way I did before I went on it. I can, I can imagine, like, <laughs> you know everything. Um, let's talk about you, speaking of. Um, sure. Does the show feel like a long time ago? Does it feel like yesterday? Tell me everything you've been up to. I know you've been in a lot of schooling and all that fun stuff. Yeah, the show feels finally behind me. The first two years after were really rough. Um, just, I mean, <laughs> I talked to, like, I have... A, several friends from the show and it fucks you up and am I allowed to say that or yeah. should I say okay oh fucks God. you up in all sorts of ways <laughs> <laughs> go for it <laughs> um and I talked a lot about that at the time you realize that, that like you become envious of other women and other edits and um you don't expect that necessarily and other people won't admit to it and so then it can feel like a very, very lonely experience there's a lot of anger there's a lot of anger towards fans and people on social media who are mean. Um, and and you, there's a feeling of being chronically misunderstood. So all that paired with, oh my gosh, so fun. That experience was amazing. I mean, my, my experience filming was like almost hundred percent. I remember it as very positive. Okay. Um, you have all these new friends, you have all these new opportunities. So it's a really confusing, chaotic time. And I feel like my life is definitely settled from that. Um, but it and took one thing, like a solid two years. It took two years. Yeah. It also took getting into, I'm at, I'm at Duke university for my PhD and mm-hmm. it took that because I left for my career and that was a gamble and the gamble paid off. <laughs> so, yeah. awesome. uh, so that brought me a lot of peace. <laughs> and a lot of what you've been studying is like mental health stuff, right? Uh, yeah. I'm a I'm clinical psychology PhD. Oh my God. And how that's okay. So like, how do you, even is it like helpful to know all the stuff that maybe was why things were happening the way they were happening like post-show and that mental health stuff or now it's like almost like oh I know too much and I can't believe I went on this show like (laughs) does that even make sense but that's just the way my brain is thinking right now um I so I'm always pretty frank about how I work and that includes the negatives um which I think made some people like see me as more human and then other people were very very critical of that so I mean I definitely analyzed the shit out of myself but I also feel like I went in 
with eyes as wide as open as they could be. I mean, I knew there was so much stuff I just couldn't predict. And I didn't realize how like jealous I would be after the fact, how hurt I would be that all of my airtime was wiped away, for instance. But I did know, I did basically go in and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to fuck me up. And I'm okay with that. The risk is worth it. The adventure is worth it. Um, I'm ter- like, I can't, even just the prospect of seeing yourself from the third person perspective, seeing yourself cry, seeing yourself walk in heels, seeing yourself kiss, like I, people get uncomfortable just listening to their own voice. Right. Yeah. For sure. So this is just, it's just an explosion of that. So I, I really kind of sat down with myself beforehand and was like, I, I, you know, I, I have to be okay with letting myself spin out of control for like a good year after this happens and just let it happen and know that it's going to. And I think that was helpful. Yeah. Um, it's amazing like, foresight to have and think well, about. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, clearly you're smart. You're at Duke university and you're you know killing it, but it's just Thank like you. interesting to think. I, I think a lot of people, you know, go in maybe with, the perspective of, okay, let's see what happens. Like, this is an adventure. It's an opportunity, not expecting anything, but like just hoping to have a good time. And then, but Mm -hmm. not realizing the, how many years or the aftermath, like you want the good stuff and you want to lean into the opportunity. You want to lean into paradise. You want to lean into Instagram ads and there's nothing wrong with that, but you're almost like delaying the inevitable breakdown. Like it's very (laughs) rare that there's not going to be one thing that triggers you or something. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of just true. Yeah, Some are worse than others, but even the best edit you get, I think there's something to be said for watching yourself. Then you think you have to be that perfect person. Like there's no win. There is wins, but like there's going to be losses too. I think it's a balance. Yeah. There's there's just a lot you go through. I mean, as soon as you're off the show, at least for me, I was living in New York city. I had a lot of friends who were in media or uh, advertising or what have you. And they were giving me all this like conflicting advice. And I felt like I'd had this once in a lifetime opportunity. I couldn't let it slip away. I had to do something with it right then. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I'm just like studying research, like (laughs) studying research. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Researching psychology. And so just like, like a lot of stress and feeling like you have to know your branding. Like, okay, I'm going to brand myself. All this content's going to be that way. So everyone was like, you're the smart girl. Do smart girl branding. Well, then people found that pretentious and douchebaggy. Ooh. And so it's like, okay, now what do I do? So it's just, you, these people don't know how to be famous and people expect them to know how to be famous. And that disconnect is, is quite painful. Oh, I love that. Um, you have a podcast now, right? Called a little help for our friends and you guys explore all different kinds of topic relationships, but also like mental health stuff and everything. Right. Yeah, we do. So I would, I would say largely it's a mental health podcast. Um, but we, we speak a lot to the people with these illnesses, but we also have special space. And this is why it's called a little help for our friends for the people who are impacted by the illness. So a lot of times we think like, oh, depression, that person with depression, it's so terrible. Let's like think and talk about them exclusively. But what they don't see is that there's the mother, the sister, the friend who are trying desperately to help. They're watching their loved ones slip away and it's a really agonizing process for them as well. Um, And so we try to give tips on how to help your loved ones and also how to set appropriate boundaries and really validate that that's okay to do and in fact necessary. I love that because you think about, I mean, it's still probably, I mean, extremely difficult and I don't uh, totally understand it, but with like someone who with like alcohol, like there's like alcohol cannot anonymous for family. Like there is kind of like a built-in thing for that. And I don't know if there's necessarily something like that for families. If we like have like a son or a daughter or a best friend or whatever, going through something that they can't quite understand. 
Yeah, exactly. Actually, Kibby and I both, so her mother and my sister are severe alcoholics in uh, recovery. And yeah, so it was from personal experience. Like we know how hopeless you can feel and right. There is Al-Anon, but mm-hmm. there isn't <laughs> depression anon or borderline anon. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, and what we hear a lot is just people have a ton of guilt about feeling frustrated with their loved ones um, yeah. and, and not knowing what to do. They feel overextended, but they feel like they can't stop extending themselves. And it's like, no, you got to take care of yourself too. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. That's awesome. That's super cool. And you do episodes weekly. Do you have like guests on? Just want to give you a chance to talk about that a little more before I make you go back to the bachelor. <laughs> Thank you. No, I really appreciate it. We mostly have mental health experts um, because we're both at Duke. It's just such an easy resource right here. So many like major national um, experts in these areas come on and talk. But we've also had people from um, Harvard. I think we had someone from Stanford. Yep. We had someone from Stanford. Um, and occasionally we have Bachelor Nation guests. So we had um, Zach Tasha's fiance. He was awesome. We had Ben yeah. Higgins. Um, and then we had Jenna Cooper talking about cyberbullying. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we, we combine forces sometimes. I love that. Yeah. That's, those are, those are heavy hitters with, I feel like different <laughs> topics to cover. I read Ben's book. There was a lot in there that people don't know about Ben and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and Zach obviously was super candid with substance abuse stuff and oh, poor Jenna, she kind of got her justice a little bit, but she had a, you know, rough run. <laughs> really rough. <laughs> yeah. Really rough. Um, yeah. You, I know you're friends with Kendall, right? I am. Yeah. How did you feel watching that Bachelor in Paradise season? That was a tough one, I assume. Yeah, so uh, I know she's not really allowed to speak on this. And I wonder if, I mean, I am contractually allowed to. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you can say, what, you say as little or as much as you want. Obviously, I would love to hear it, but you know, you're really talk- friends, so I get it. Yeah, I talked to her when she came back, but before it aired. And so I was very biased watching it. I knew, for instance, that she had not gone on to date Joe it was much more about, you know, they had, they, this place was, um, it was very special to both of them. And I think watching her ex go back and, and use that same place to, to create new meaning was just something she wanted to do kind of side by side, like to Mm -hmm. kind of reclaim it together instead of one of them going and kind of sullying the memory of that. And so I was, I was a bit upset to see the edit so clearly make it look like she was trying to get him back. Um, and then also I was just really upset by the people dragging her for coming on the proposal day because she didn't know he was getting engaged that day. So, right. um, yeah. So, you know, I, I know what's produced and I know, I know the real reasons for things. And I just think she's, she's one of the most genuine people ever. She hasn't lost her weird, quirky side. You know, she uses her Instagram to tell like weird animals, sex facts, and just, you know, like get people excited about nature, coffee stain paintings. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's a sense that the show, like, and she, you know, she got two great edits the first time and the second time. And always a risk to go back. Always a risk to go back. And it's just painful watching like you know, I love these producers and I, I have love for the show and it's, it's hard to watch them like take down someone I love in, in a way. And so I'm, I'm a bit angry about that. Um, how is she now? She's good. I think she's coming to my wedding. Awesome, yeah. Um, yeah. I think she's been like in Europe running around, which good for her. I mean, and also I will say, I felt like who knows, cause what really happened but I, during the episodes, I was actually pretty impressed with all three parties, the way they handled it 
like Joe and Serena even like, I mean, I don't, again, who knows what they did not or did air, but Serena, oh God. Um, <laughs> but Serena, you didn't see like talking all this crap about Kendall, which was yeah. like, kind of refreshing. You didn't see Joe necessarily totally turning her like it. And then with Kendall, you, she wasn't on Instagram, like slamming any, like it, it just felt very yeah. much like real emotions. And even though the show obviously pr- produced those moments and it was, there was definitely some nastiness from like fans and stuff. The three of them, I felt like, it, they it had to be produced because they didn't give them necessarily everything they wanted uh-huh. but that's how it felt to me watching who knows but I mean I totally agree that they would it's like three lovely mature people yeah um, and so I was worried that Kendall's edit would be worse than it was I mean honestly I, th- I thought like watching it back I was proud of her I thought she was very mature graceful very sincere the emotion was real and it wasn't until like I saw comments on social media that I got kind of like protective yeah, fair. Um, okay, this is a game called Bachelor Regrets that I go back and watch scenes from the shows that my guest was on, and I ask them if they regret or have anything oh to my say God. about potential okay. moments that went down. It's it's lighthearted, but uh-huh. um, I, I do do my research, so there might be some deep cuts of things like, why do you remember that? Uh-huh. Um, but I like to start out with, do you have any fashion or packing regrets from your time in the franchise? Uh-huh. I didn't have any money when I went on, and so I borrowed, like, all of my dresses from my 40 year old sister, um, which I don't, I like, I like those dresses, so I don't necessarily have regrets, but it is funny. Cause now, um, I've got a little bit of money. I've shopped much more. I didn't, I didn't feel like when I went on, I had any real sense of style. I was just kind of doing my best. So it's not so much a regret, but like, I don't know. I, I, I wish that I had been able at the time to have some more fun with clothes Okay, fair. <laughs> instead I of mean- looking like a 40 year old. <laughs> You know what? That's that's a good foresight. I mean, we're good, like, reflection. Do you regret anything about how you pursued Ari? Either wish you were more aggressive, less aggressive, how you handled yourself in the romantic aspect of the show? No, I think we had a good, I think we had a well-paced romance. Yeah, I, I actually think, I mean, the airtime was cut, right? But, like, I did put a lot of effort doing fun things together. I thought we had a lot of physical chemistry and um, like a friendship and, and a lot of laughter on top of that. So I thought we were good. You had a one-on-one in Paris that I think mm-hmm. I read you like producers help you like plant, like you helped them plan it or something, right? In a sense. Yeah. Which like if you pick the restaurant or something, that's cool. I had said basically like, can we please have a free day in Paris? I really want to go to Maxime's. It's this restaurant from one of my favorite movies and it's, you know, I, and I, I kind of told them a little bit about the movie. And so they recreated that scene. Very cool. Um, do you regret quitting Ari's season? That is personally my favorite move. I love when a contestant on either show quits. Um, I yeah. just think it's like a power move. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you remember quitting Ari's season? Do you regret it? It's, I, I can't regret it because, it, again, the gamble paid off, but I did struggle with this for a really long time. And sometimes when I remember it, it's like, ugh, I didn't feel good about leaving. Um, I had to leave because my, I was basically <laughs> being threatened with being fired if I stayed for, for much longer. I kind of wish I'd pushed that a little bit more because at the time I just like, wasn't ready to say goodbye. I was really loving the experience, Ari, and I just had that one-on-one and made that connection. And so he had said things when we were breaking up, like, you know, well, would it, would it make it different if I gave you another one-on-one? Like he was, you know, trying to get me not to leave and then sort of offering these things. And I kind of wish I had, I had done that, like gotten one more one-on-one just to make sure. But ultimately it's like from this vantage point, I'm getting married. I'm at Duke. I, my life has moved on. And so I can't really regret what happened. I just, it just caused me a lot of grief at the time. 
a lot more to like what if to deal with at the time, even though you're happy, you, you know, are obviously happy now and you probably didn't take you as long as you may have thought to recover from the thing, but it is like a what if situation that makes it harder for sure. Do you regret the, the, the make out with the leaving? I heard there was a lot of talk (laughs) for this, like they're, they're, you're breaking up, you're leaving, but there was definitely like an intense make out moment right before you left. No. (laughs) I I mean, I think, you know, Ari and I, we had a good, we had a good connection and I, I didn't want to be leaving. You know, I think what was hard was that I had a specific reason for leaving and the producers would not let me tell him what that was. And so I went in really conflicted about how to do this because I basically had to say, you're not the one, which was basically true. Like I kind of knew that, but it's not what I necessarily felt at the time. What I felt was I want to keep dating you. I really like you. Um, and so to be cold in that moment just didn't fit how I was thinking. Like I was really fucked up about breaking up. And so that breakup was really like two people who didn't want to leave each other. There was a ton of confusion because I couldn't tell them the whole truth. Mm. And it was like a really tender, intense breakup. And I think like whenever people watch the show back, they're like, oh, there's a right way to break up with someone. There's a right way to, to tell them you love them or whatever. And it's really not like that in real life. So fair. Very fair. Um, do you regret any tears shed <laughs> during your time on The Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise? I, I cried a lot. I cried a lot. Actually, in the scene, uh, in the unedited, that's in quotes, scene of Ari and Becca breaking up, they used audio from me crying to make it seem like she was crying much harder than she was. No freaking way. So yeah, so I did cry a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't really like regret anything. I mean, it was a little bit melodramatic, I guess, but I I felt like there was a culture of crying. Like you were expected to cry. You were like encouraged to cry. And actually I remember in the beginning, I cried really early, like week one and I was dragged into a producer ITM and I got really mad. I was like, I don't want to be that girl who cries this early on. It makes me look pathetic. And like the next week, I was feeling like I wasn't emotional enough. And so I was really proud when I cried. I was like, let's go do that ITM now. We're ready. Oh my <laughs> so. God. What a, what a mind game. Exactly. Yeah. Oof. That's tough. Um, all right. Bachelor in Paradise. Do you regret asking Colton out on a date in Paradise? Oh, yes. <laughs> Care to expand? <laughs> you know, Paradise was just such a flop for me. Like, I went on, I was not interested in any of the guys and they were all paired up. So they just sent me like four guys to talk to. Okay. They sent me Eric Bigger, who's already dating Angela. So that was a no-go. They sent me David, who I just really did not like very much. And he was dating Chelsea, who's a friend of mine. So I was like, no. The last few people were Colton and Kenny. And I remember just being like, I'm definitely never going to date either of these people seriously. I'm I get, like, I've, I had more fun talking to Kenny, but I felt like maybe more attracted to Colton, which is funny to say in retrospect. Um, You're not so alone there. No, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I liked, he, he was like going through a hard time and he was kind of opening up and I, I even liked that aspect of him opening up, but I was told, oh my God, I was told by Kendall and Jenna that Colton was available and that I should ask him. So well, that's why I went in, but I was, was like, it was just that weird Tia lingering yeah, stuff. 
Right. And he was just like spinning majorly out. So I kind of, when I asked him, I was kind of like, are you available? Like, I'm not really sure what your deal is. And then he said, no. So I didn't love that. And then I didn't like how that made Kenny feel or how that must've made Kenny feel. So yeah, I just start off, start off on a really bad foot and then went downhill from there. <laughs> Do you regret going on paradise overall or happy you at least tried it out? I think I would have been wondering and torturing myself a lot if I hadn't gone, but part of me does regret it because it was just like, it was a kind of a pointless experience. Fair. I mean, you can tell you that you went to the beaches, all the crabs. I don't right. know. Um, <laughs> I also, when looking back up some of the stuff from, you know, that time, you, you, the same way you just kind of exposed the Becca crying, you were like, said that they used your lines about Ari, about Kenny. They did. That was really irritating because I had actually a great time with Kenny. I just like, wasn't I don't know. Our lives were so different and it was so like super clear that I wasn't going to move to Vegas and like be a stepmom. And yeah. there just, there weren't, there wasn't any like legs to the romantic component, but we had a really good time. And I guess in my ITMs, I just wasn't saying anything romantic enough. And so they just pulled audio from my date with Ari, which, you know, I'm like annoyed, I guess that that created a false picture, but I'm also kind of there was part of me that really wanted that time with Ari to be special and to use those quotes somewhere else just felt, it just annoyed me. Like, yeah. no, that I meant those things when I said them about somebody else. Why would yeah. you take them? Did you get in trouble for, for sending that tweet? No. Nice. No. All right. <laughs> um, and my last question for you, which I, I assume the answer is probably no, but are you surprised that Ari and Lauren are going strong two kids three kids after that crazy ending and just I don't know everything anything you said was it obvious to you that maybe Lauren was the one or were you surprised about anything played out and how it is now so the funny thing is we I think people in retrospect are like oh yeah totally we all knew it was Lauren but I don't think that was true Lauren didn't get her one her first one-on-one until the week I did which was very late right so I wouldn't say that there was any like direct evidence that she was going to be the front runner. I did feel as though she was his type and I felt like I was predicting Lauren over Becca at the end, but I've since spent time with, I mean, I was at their wedding and their um, bridal shower and some other stuff and they just have really strong chemistry and get along really well. So um, yeah, I'm not surprised that their marriage is successful. I mean, again, it's, it's an underrated season. I think Ari, it was easy to, you know, poke fun. He had, they edited him. It was the, the ums or I like that or whatever he was like, whatever uh-huh. he said. And it's easy to poke fun <laughs> out. But it's been one of the more recent in memory successful Bachelor couples. And it was a significant amount of time ago. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said for that, even though it, so it was a misstep. Both, both Bachelors who went back, besides well, who knows what Peter really was doing. But um, <laughs> you're, you're Jason Resnick and you're Ari who genuinely were like, I messed up. I'm going to go back to my quote unquote runner up are still married, have kids. So usually if you make that move, again, with the exception of Peter, it's, it's worth it, which is good because for all that drama and pain, it, it, I'm happy it works out for whoever the person who is that usually gets screwed. You know what? It was also nice to be a contestant on that season because, I mean, I think, I think those leads go in with good intentions, but it was nice that the, I was with a guy who, when we talked about wanting marriage and kids, he meant it and he's demonstrated that he meant it. He was old enough to mean it. So it was just like, yeah, I was like, the whole experiment that I was on actually panned out. Like all of it was real in a sense. That, that That's nice for me. Too. I love that too, as like a closure thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I could ask you questions forever about things that happened <laughs> three years ago, but instead I will let you go. Thank you for joining me. Plug your podcast where everyone can find you and all that fun stuff. 
Thank you. So yes, our podcast is A Little Help for Our Friends. It's on wherever you listen to podcasts. My Instagram is Trombolina. I've got the podcast linked there as well. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope you listen and enjoy. Yeah, when it gets closer to your wedding, you can come back and tell me all about that. Thank you. Will do. All right. Have a great rest of your day. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast, and come back every week for more Bachelor breakdowns. Mm-hmm.